Three, two, one. Monkey bars. Welcome to the Second Letter Podcast. My name is uh, Alex. My name is uh, Jesse. A.K.A. Thick. And the Butter. This is episode <laughs> good. What episode 19. is this? 99. 99? Yeah, next what? one's 100. Wait a yeah. minute, what? Yeah. Oh, I'm not even kidding. Our last one, I, I checked I checked because our last one was Zach. When we, you remember doing that with Zach when we talked about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2? Yeah, yeah. That this, was 98. This will be out. Okay. The cat, we need to, we need to, <laughs> I mean, we have a podcast in a long time. Yeah, it's I been a month. I think it's been like a month, yeah. Yeah. Um, the last time we podcast together was longer because... Oh, you mean just you and me? Yeah, because the last time we yeah. did it was with, with Zachary. So I don't yeah. even remember. Um, I think we did. The last we did Lost. We did. we did Lost Boys right before, which is not out at the time that we're doing this which, podcast. It was so long ago at this point. I don't even know what we talked about. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I thought of it, I think I liked it. Yeah, we we liked it. We had a very civil. Hey. By the time this is out, surely Lost Boys will be out. So check yeah. out that episode. Uh, that. We had a nice civil. We had a very mature discussion on that episode. I would yeah, say. Oh yeah, you edited the episode. Yeah. No. No. We didn't have any penis jokes in that one. We didn't talk any really? weird shit. We just hung out. Damn. Yeah. Um, amazingly, we didn't have we Damn. didn't have a lot of goofies. We just had a nice, mature, friendly conversation. Unlike our usual uh, antagonistic rivalry <laughs> that we usually display what? on this medium. Nah. <laughs> I don't think we really had any, like, now that I think about it, we haven't had any, like, arguments on this podcast. No, There's no. been a couple, but I don't oh, really actually, remember. actually, there was an argument on the on the Twilight, not between you and me, but there was a moment where Zach said something about Star Wars. I don't remember what you said. Oh, and then yeah. you oh, said. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, my nipples just got hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't hear uh, about Star Wars. Yeah, which is gonna be really funny for people listening to our episodes like sequentially because they'll have li- just listened to that and and be like, "Wow, you're ripping off your own jokes from laugh episode." Yeah, guys, it's too been so I long. Was, I I don't even so long, so long, and I've done so much since then that I don't even it feels way longer than it actually was. I know, cause you. Okay, because we both, you went on a pilgrimage last month in yeah. June and returned, and then I went on a pilgrimage. And while I was on a pilgrimage, you were on a movie set. I was so, working, like, yeah. that's a lot of shit that happened. We, yeah. so, we, so, we, just we literally physically did not have time to do this. Yeah, I didn't, ha- <laughs> we didn't have, we didn't have any of our stuff around, you know? And you yeah. physically like this. So, like, I want to. We talked a little bit about you being on a movie set, but uh-huh. I still just think that's the coolest thing ever <laughs> that you were on a movie set. Yeah, yeah. So for the listeners out there, if they care, 
um, I was um, working as a PA on a feature that was shooting here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And yeah, it's a small, kind of independent uh, feature uh, that's going to be uh, coming out, I think, probably, I would assume, not until next year. But obviously, yeah, I'll let everybody know on social media and on this podcast when it does come out. So if you, yeah. you guys can check it out, if you, if you would like. Um, but it's called Two Lines in Pittsburgh. So keep your eyes out for that. Oh. Oh, it's like, so Pittsburgh is actually part of the story. Yeah, it is. And okay. That's actually something about it that is very cool because, um, well, first of all, I had an amazing experience working on it. Everybody on the set, everybody who was involved producing it, directing it, writing it, the direct department, electrical department, everybody was super, yeah. super, super, super cool. Uh, made a lot of cool new friends, which is always great. And connections. Um, and connections Friend connections. Which is fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, it was great, um, but, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Something about the, <laughs> did you ask me a question? Something about the, the film? I, I do, I want to know what your best and worst, like, memory from, like, the entire experience, oh, if you okay. have one. Do you have, like, because, um, because, like, it sounds like, because basically what you said you were doing, and for people who don't know what being on a film set, you just shot for three weeks basically 12 hour days for those full three weeks basically, which is yeah. so a like crazy got, a crazy way to work yeah yeah um well because i mean usually i mean because this is like a small uh budget film it was mm. actually considered an ultra low budget feature yeah um so it's not even uh low budget so i don't i don't know what the exact budget of the film was but it was very low and because of that uh, we shot for 20 days. I was there for 15 days. I wasn't there mm -hmm. for the first five days. Um, but, so, yeah, so because of that, when you shoot, like, have such a small budget, you have to pay everybody that's there, and a lot of the things, you have to go quickly, you know? And, yeah, and yeah. 20 okay. days is, is not a lot of time to shoot a feature no. film. Yeah, um, I can't believe it, yeah. And so... Yeah, so it's just a lot of grinding and a lot of uh, work. But thankfully, this film didn't have too many actors or too many, um, like, sets um, and locations. We kind of shot, we got the most out of, like, almost every location that we shot at. It was, like, a church, um, a temple, um, a school, um, or a couple houses, like Airbnb houses that the crew, you know, rented and we shot out of there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was super long, but hmm, the best memory, um, rapping was pretty, pretty fun. Oh, yeah, when you were <laughs> rapping with the main talent? <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, yeah. Rapping but the rap, film, you mean. <laughs> The yeah. Film. yeah. Um, that was fun, you know, because you, you, you put all, you put all, everybody works so hard. And yeah. then when it's finally done, the last shot, it's such a relief and it's like a celebration. So that was super fun. Um, the worst memory dealing with, <laughs> I was telling you yesterday, I don't want to say his name, but there's an actor on the film that was kind of like tough to deal with and kind of. 
annoying. Yeah. Uh, just kind of do shit. So we had to deal with that for like four days when he was on the set. Uh, that was probably the worst thing. Everything else is pretty, I mean, some of it, you know, like anything, there's some annoying grievances and like work, yeah. you know, it's like, but, but like, I, I weird, I was talking with one of the producers one day and I was like, dude, if, I feel like if you like complain like on set when you're like making a movie, I think you got something wrong you know with yeah because there's yeah. a lot of worse things that you could be doing right now like yeah right if, if, if you're complaining about driving to giant eagle and getting fucking coffee for somebody i mean i don't know what to tell you yeah uh, <laughs> you know so like yeah maybe any bad day is i mean it it's elevated the fact that you just realize that you're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just I'm making movies right now, you know. Yeah. That's, it's it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's not like I'm working at a coal mine or something. There's <laughs> a lot of yeah. shit, more shit you be doing. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting thing because like um, we've talked about this being in film, like if you want to do that as a career or be an artist of any kind, that a lot of time it's really sort of the money that you get from it is secondary the secondary necessities to keep living the art life you yeah. know because it's like it it is more it's it's very largely part of a lifestyle it's part of like the the fabric of your your identity when you're like being a part of these things mm -hmm. and you were talking about like how passionate these people are about yeah. like people didn't care about the quality of the movie they just wanted to be on set and they worked right. really hard to make sure they were on set yeah. which is like you don't do that like for a normal job you know you yeah. wouldn't want to do that unless it pays really well you know but right. yeah I, think, I mean i think what you're getting at i think it's like a lot of these people on this particular film it's you know it's a low budget so it's not like a big production studio that um were you know had like a crew you know like you were i i'm not really sure how this happened but i feel like a bigger studio might have a crew you know that they work with um there's a lot of different people who work for warner brothers for example or something yeah as a grip or a dp camera department or you know um but this particular thing a lot of the people on set were freelancers you know they yeah. were they they created their own business for themselves and yeah with that you live this lifestyle that's very nomadic it's very like uh go to one set go to a set do another wherever that fucking thing is. I mean, I know the script supervisor on this film, like, the next day, or next couple days, like, drove somewhere completely else and worked on a set there, you know? Wow, like, yeah. I mean, they live this lifestyle that's really interesting, but all for the long of making movies. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and it's amazing to see, you know? It's, it's not like... Um, I don't know. It, it's just it's very uh, inspiring. You know, it's, it's it's watching people actually doing it, the drive of it. You know, is very very infectious and it's very yeah. it's, it's cool. You want to be a part of it. You know, and that's how you get things done, man. Like if, if everybody on set is enthusiastic and wants to be there, you're gonna get you the movie done. done. You gotta you gotta move when you're on set. You gotta yeah. be efficient. You know.
it, um, with the the atmosphere after it sounds like like you had a really positive experience did, with yeah. it like an overly positive experience with it and like do you feel like being someone who's considered like you considering having go into the industry just after having this experience does it feel like it's like an ex- it's kind of like an accepting reality like a hard work but like this could be my life or is it just kind of like yeah, this would be awesome this is really I'm cool like, trying to like kind of grapple with i don't know like i don't know yet i mean i had such a great experience but i don't know like i want that to be my lifestyle you yeah know? i don't know if, like that the thing is like um you, I if I did that, I you know you wouldn't do it for the rest of your whole life, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's working towards something. But um, I don't know yet. I really don't. Um, it's it's only one experience. I would definitely like to do it again. You know. Yeah. Like I would definitely like. I don't know if I got lucky. You know, with the group of people that I was working with. You know, and right? Like how great everybody was. I might have just got lucky. You know, I don't know. I'd like yeah, to do yeah. like a few work times and see if like is it always like this? I mean, probably not. But um, I I would imagine that like the information that you hear is that most of the time, like it's it's worth doing for one way or another. Like there might be bad experiences, but either through like the fulfillment of the job or something like that. Like even if you have like bad experience with people, like you said, you're still going to be on set and it's going to be yeah. like, that was awesome. You know, right. if, it, if it really jives with you now, I doubt you'd want to be a PA continuously. Well, you know, I feel like, yeah, that, but that's what that job's for. It's to get yeah. you in and then you do something else. You right. go up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I also did realize though, like, I mean, being on set too, like, if, if you don't like anybody, <laughs> and, like, no one is cool, like, you will have a horrible time. Like, it's yeah. definitely, it is dependent on the people that you're around. But for the most part, I mean, the only people who were a little strange were the actors. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. else is, I mean, I feel like if you do work on things like that, everybody understands that. Where you have to yeah. keep morale up to, like, make, because making a film is so fucking hard and like yeah. it's so much planning that goes along in it and you have to have make every, you have to keep everybody happy on set and it was yeah. really interesting to watch the producers run a set like it's really impressive like i don't think people really talk about that that much so like how important a producer is really yeah um, people like like one of the things that I kept thinking was like, you know, people think like like making movies is like this like magical thing. Like where it's just like like oh we got money and we made this thing. It's like people don't realize that there are multiple departments and mo- like like hundreds or like in our case, like thirty to forty people coming together and working like a machine. To like yeah. getting this thing done, like from the art department, the camera department, the, the production team, like it's amazing to see all these things work together and to make the vision come uh, come true of yeah. this director or the writer. And I don't know. Sometimes I think people don't 
give enough credit to, to people like that. You know, yeah. Really because I think everyone's crazy as the director and things like that. But I love Paul Collins Anderson so much. I think he's a fucking genius. I, I can't believe we ever talk about one of his movies yet. But yeah, if wow. you read any interview, or, he always talks about his cinematographers, his, you know, script team, you know, his script, the crew that he works with, because that's really what they gets it done. Because, yeah. you know, everybody has to have a job. Like, the director can't do everything, the producer can't do everything, you know, it's... Yeah. And that's, like, another thing that's, like, crazy about producing and stuff like that is when you're producing a film, you are building a team. Like, you yeah. have to build a team to with the right personalities and the right uh, people that would get along together and work together. You know, yeah. and what's secondary is the fucking film. It's like, yeah. it's, let's get the right people together to make this thing happen, you know? And yeah. like, it, it, it was an amazing thing to see that happen. Because in college, you don't get that at all. Like, right. you know, in some way you kind of do, but here it's just so fascinating to see the different departments, like, just how they work together and how, like, well-planned everything was beforehand, you know? And yeah. we've said this before, but, like, filmmaking is all, it's problem solving. That's, that's all it is. Like, you come in, obviously you prep with a shot list, all these things, but there's going to be problems every day, and you have to, you have to find the right people to adapt to those problems, and that's yep. what makes a good crew and a good filmmaker, someone who can really adapt to those, those onset problems that are yeah. inevitable, you know? Yeah, I was, you make, you're making me, you make, reminding me of the Quentin Tarantino, Joe Rogan episode, which I which thought was, was a really, really phenomenal. It was um, good, but I have a lot of Yeah, well, we can go into the, that. we can, we can go in the qualms, but let me, let me, like the, the one thing that I was struck by with that, like Quentin talking about his career and the way he worked is this sort of criticism you have of the perception about movies, because on yeah. one hand, we we've talked about the criticism of movies being like just like like cookie cutter schlock you know which is just like too overly produced but at the right. same time a movie is a collaborative process and it gets kind of confused when we talk about these auteur directors like quentin tarantino but what really struck me about the way he talked about making movies is that he took a lot of personal credit and credit in terms of the script and because he like he did that. Well, right. yeah, but right. then when he was talking about a movie it was way less like I did that and way more him talking about like I conducted this, you know, like right. I was the leader of this orchestra, yeah, right. but the orchestra played it, you know, I, well, yeah. I didn't I mean, play it. Basically, being a director is like basically like you are more concerned about like the actors, the performances, but like there's so much prep that goes into like the shot list and all the things and the cinematographers responsible for that and all these things. But yeah, you're director, right. what you're really doing is keeping morale up. That's what you're yeah. doing. You're keeping this machine, you're putting oil in it, you're making it go and yeah. kind of solving problems. But there's department heads in every department that are keeping the morale up of the art department or the grip department, you know? It's, yeah, it's, right. But it's it's cool. A movie set is really bizarre. It's not, yeah. it's, it's, it's not your typical 
kind of working environment, you know? Yeah. It's, but it's it still, cool. but it still is like your point too, is that it's not, it's not like this magic point of like this inspiration where that just spills out of you. It's also a very organized working machine, yeah. you know? And that's it's why like, like it, 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 even just watching this, but like I was on set a lot, like watching the scenes play out, I mean, Living in is so hard because, you know, you have, like, all of the, That's why there's so many not good movies because there's so much to deal with. Yeah. Like, making something that looks professional and feels professional, it's a lot of work, man. And, like, some people just, like, even, like, I have so much more admiration for, like, these bigger films, too. Like, these, like, the Marvel films and shit, because I'm just, like, these people who work on those movies must be maniacs, like workaholic maniacs that are yeah, just yeah, so able to get that done and so yeah, just to get that shit done. And yeah. actually, I mean, this was hard. And this was like a fucking small drama, like, yeah. like, like an action movie. You yeah, know? like yeah, unbelievably hard. The amount, like, so much danger is involved in that, like. I couldn't even begin to imagine the stress that I would feel if I was a producer on, like, a John Wick movie. I yeah. would be stressed every fucking day that someone's going to yeah. get hurt. No, yeah. Or, you know, like, it's a lot. It's, it's, it, it's super impressive. And it's even more impressive when that a movie like that comes out and it's fucking great, like John yeah. Wick. And it's like, holy shit, we made something really fucking good. You yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also weird with movies because you have this uh you have this relationship with money that's different than a lot of other art forms because to be able to get a feature off the ground like you were talking about it and when we're talking about budgets like the rank a small budget movie is a million dollars which is yeah. a lot of money but in terms of movies and like what um, you're talking about all the movie parts is yeah. not that much money and for all. you and for you like your micro budget might be in like the fifty thousand to sixty thousand dollars range or less than or that like, yeah, which again yeah, right. which is more money than as an individual might seem like a lot but it's like it's like this really small amount of money to get this this thing going off the ground. So it's really weird with feature films to think about how like like how much money needs to be invested into that. Like a starting director needs to invest fifty thousand to a million to be able to practice being a director. That's really yeah. weird and yeah. crazy to be able to do that. Right. And you well, have to do it again. Figure out a way to do it again. Well, it's not you know? like either like investing their own money or. Or, I mean, one of the, like, things that I was talking to the producers about was, like, how, like, if I were to make a short, like, what would I do? And what yeah. they told me was so fascinating, because it was, like, the advice that they gave me was basically, like, you should just try to make something on your own, and yeah. don't be afraid to ask for money. Like, yeah. and that... But her telling me that was so interesting because she's telling me that you'll be surprised how many people are willing to invest in you if there's passion and there's something involved. Some people will be willing to give you money to make yeah. this thing. And, is know, she saying like, is she like saying like people like you're within your, like your family unit or just people unit, who are investors? Investors, yeah. all those things. Yeah. Um, and, which is, you know, fascinating and like, you know, to do that to, and then make something and then 
if it's hopefully good or gets some film festival, uh, you know, accolades, you can hopefully connect to more people and they'll give you more money to make your, your next thing, you know? Yeah, so, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating process, but like yeah. if you, especially, because here's the other thing too, is it's like, even if like a movie, which is what, this is what's really cool about the internet, because we have this, 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 this sort of, uh, ability to appreciate more than what the product just is because because of like the behind the scenes and the intimacy of getting to know like the creators like you can have a bad movie but you had a great experience so maybe people won't like this movie but now if they saw like the behind the scenes or got to know those people they might connect with that and then they would have an appreciation of the movie that might not be the movie, but like right. what went into it, you well, know, that, that's, that's the thing. Is like that's what the passion behind it. People will talk about like I'll talk to sound guys or the script guys and I'll ask like, so how do you think this movie's gonna turn out? <laughs> and like they'd be like, I don't know, like like yeah. But it's like they all say like, dude, I'm having a great time. The, the experience is great, you know. I learn, I'm learning a lot. Another thing the producers would tell me is like any like project that we would work on i don't think the question shouldn't be was it good or did you like it when you're done with the project the question should be what did you learn you know like what instead of like being like did you like the project that you work on or was it good the question should always be at the end of the okay what did i learn with that one yeah that's great yeah Um, that's great and uh yeah so last first experience is great um, even though I wasn't, you know, really on the creative side of it, I still felt like I put my stamp on the movie, which is cool. So yeah, that's I'll really cool. I'll the credits, so yeah. you can check yeah. that out. Yeah, um, what, a, what a fucking resume thing to put on. I've been on a feature movie, you know, I've been a yeah, part of Yeah, I've been on a feature film, yeah. Yeah, that's um, super cool. That's... Yeah, I'll be, I'll be labeled as the truck TA. So Hell you guys yeah. see the movie, I'll be yeah. in the credits. I may or may not be dancing also in the credits. Oh, uh, yeah! Because we shot a, uh, we shot, like, there's a scene in the movie, um, I didn't tell you what it's about yet, but I, I guess we can tell you, whatever, but, um, there's a, there's a fashion show scene, and when we shot that, the director wanted the whole crew to, like, put on silly, like, outfits that they had there. And, like yeah. jump in front of the camera and just do like a thing. Yeah. And for the credits, so I might be in the credits. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If I'm gonna get edited out. I, or I don't know. That'd but, be so um, sweet. I might be in the movie. Um, I would buy but, like a like a, a steelbook edition if you're in the credits. <laughs> I would. I would love that so much. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been doing for the past three weeks. It's been a complete whirlwind. It was yeah. very very fun. Um. But the funniest part, too, is that where we shot, like, most of the film was, like, the exact place that I used to deliver to and, with Amazon all the time. <laughs> that's which is hilarious. Really weird. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It was, like, the same area. Wow, um, that's bizarre as fuck. It was bizarre, man. Like, bizarre. Like, actually, what was really weird is the first house, one of the first houses that we shot at, Yeah. I delivered to, like, multiple times. Wow. So that's pretty weird. What um, the fuck? But, yeah, so that was weird. But, yeah. But, yeah, so... Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm ready to go back to podcasting and... Yeah. Making well, okay. Music. I, I have... Hanging I, out. I, I, I'm curious. Finding the next job. 
<laughs> Whatever the I'm fuck curious. I'm gonna do. I'm curious what your qualms with the Joe Rogan, Quint. Oh, it was more of a Tarantino himself. Oh. Like, I think that I, I like Quentin Tarantino as a filmmaker, and as a guy, I kind of really don't like him. Um, sure. I think that he is really narcissistic and um, to, to an insane degree. Like, there's, there's one part of the podcast that a lot of people have been talking about, and it's related to the Bruce Lee controversy. Um, oh, yeah. In the, um, in the film, and before I say, like, my opinion of that, like, my, so when I, I love what's fun about Hollywood. It's one of my favorite Tarantino movies. I think it's, a, I think it's a masterpiece. I don't care what yeah. people say. I don't really know the consensus of that movie, to be honest. I don't know if people like it. I don't know if people hate it. I don't really know. I always get really weird responses when I talk about that movie to friends or family it, or it's, whatever. It's, I think it's too um, fresh, still to really have sure. solidified. Um, so, but my opinion about that Bruce Lee scene, and when it came out, people, there were, there was controversy about how Bruce Lee was portrayed in what's called a common Hollywood. Yeah, I remember that. And I always thought that the controversy was that he was portrayed as a dude who could get beat up by a stuntman. And I yeah. always thought that that controversy was really dumb because that's the joke of the movie. Like, that's the fun. Like, that was fun to me. Like, oh, wow. Like, Bruce yeah. Lee, like, this stunt guy could beat up Bruce Lee. Like, that's funny, you know? Yeah. Like, I thought yeah. that was a funny quiz of, like, why people got so upset about it. Yeah. Now, I get more of the controversy, and Tarantino's response to that controversy in the podcast was, honest to God, mind-blowingly fucking mentally R-worded. Really? Absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, you what? Do you mean like the part? Do you mean like the part where he was like doing this? Like where, what? What? What part of it? Okay. So he. So in the movie, the controversy really was that how like Bruce Lee was was portrayed in the movie, which, which was like hating stuntmen, you know, and being like a like a dickhead basically yeah. on set, and. When I saw the movie, I was like, oh, I thought that this was just like a joke. But Tarantino, like, in the podcast, like, doubles down and cites all these things that led, that he believes that Bruce Lee was an asshole to American stuntmen and all these things. And yeah. he is bold-faced lying. Like, there are, oh. like, look it up. It's pretty weird, um, and there are just tons of false things that he says, just complete lies. Um, there's oh, there's okay. been tons of articles since that podcast came out, came out about people just disputing the shit out of almost everything he says about uh, the Bruce Lee controversy. Um, yeah. And... I thought that that was incredibly weird, um, that he would hear this maybe one story from this book that he cites and run with that and basically yeah. double down that Bruce Lee was a dickhead, the American stuntman, which was completely false. Like, there are so wow. many uh, stories, uh, publications that to prove that that is not true. 
and yeah. for Tarantino to double down on that was so weird. It sounded like he had some vendetta against Bruce Lee. It, it was so bizarre. Um, yeah. So that part of the podcast was really fucking weird. And then another part that I'm glad that Joe even, like, touched on was his relationship with Harvey Weinstein. I thought that was... Uh, I thought Tarantino's responses to that were pretty fucking weak and kind of tiptoed around the fact that he would buddy buddy with Tarantino or Harvey Weinstein all the time. They were yeah. good friends. And yeah. I thought it was pretty... Who fucking knew, man? Like, who fucking knew? There's no yeah. way. Well, uh, I mean, he, he said he he said that on the yeah. podcast that he knew. Yeah, but it's just like uh, hearing that, I was just like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just like him. If, I don't know. I'm not in that position, but if I fucking knew that he was a rapist, I think I would. I don't know. Yeah. Do something about it. Uh, but so, but I understand. Who's the guy who made his movies and he doesn't want to step on his toes? It's a sticky situation, but yeah, I, I mean, kind of that situation was a little well, weird. Yeah, but. and and I mean, and that I don't I don't disagree with you. I think he should have. Um, I mean, I I think that it's a he good should podcast. Have, I still like. Yeah, he's fascinating to talk to or like yeah. hear about. I mean, he's brilliant. He's a fucking yeah. encyclopedia brilliant guy. Yeah, I just well, think he, he's a, he's a I, weird dude. <laughs> I think those were I think those are astounding criticisms. I think those are those are really good. And I didn't know. I'm glad you mentioned that about the Bruce Lee thing because I didn't know. Yeah, you should look it up. It's pretty. That came I, up about. I, I honestly didn't think. I thought it was pretty interesting what he was saying, and I yeah. believe Tarantino. I was like, wow, like okay, maybe yeah. he was. But yeah, like, I was on Twitter and all of these people were like responding to it, and Phil Twitter was just like, this guy is fucking bonkers, and they like. I read all these things about it that were just yeah. like, wow, this dude is just bold yeah. lying. Or, or... I mean, I mean, Quinn, Quinn Tarantino really seems like kind of like the film fan conspiracy theory nerds before like there mm-hmm. was the internet to really fact check anything. And since he was probably smarter than most of the people he's been around, he just kind of assumed that he was right most of the time. But you can't yeah. get away with that in... 2021 when you get your shit fact checked all the time yeah, so right. i i'm not that 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 really makes a lot of sense like now that it's it doesn't like discredit anything that he the film's still great i still yeah. interpret it that well okay whatever but i, I think the, the way you're approaching it is a hundred percent reasonable and i st- i think that bruce lee's controversy is stupid but what you're talking about is a hundred percent reasonable because what you're talking about is the personal vendetta Quentin seems to have with Bruce Lee and how unfounded and ridiculous and narcissistic it is to have that kind of thing. You can even tell that in the podcast that Joe is like, um, okay. Like, he's trying to be like, I got... You know what I mean? Like, you can even tell that Joe yeah, is I know. He, a little, like, confused well, How much it. do you know about this, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, because Joe, I think, like, was... I mean, if anybody would know about <laughs> Bruce Lee or yeah, Joe him, probably would. Probably, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but the, the other the, but. the other thing about the Bruce Lee controversy that I always found kind of silly is just like, why are you taking this movie so personally? Because it's a work of fiction. Well, you know, and it's like was, it was, the controversy comes from his daughter. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what sparks it is that his daughter was really upset about the movie. Yeah. And I get it. You know, you see your dad 
portrayed in a way that he was not. Um, and that, I mean, that would be hard to watch, you know? Yeah. And, like, to see your dad portrayed as this farce, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, uh, to me, I, I thought it was a joke, you know? It's silly. Like, Bruce Lee's fucking awesome. You know, Edward yeah. Dragon's fucking badass. I still love Bruce Lee. No one's going to watch that and be like, oh, Bruce Lee's such a fucking, you know? Yeah, but if yeah. they are, they're not watching Tarantino's movies correctly. Um, but... Um, but I get it, you know, when there's somebody related to Bruce, you know, who's upset about it, like, that, that's going to become controversial, because you yeah. upset the Lee family, you know, that's not cool, you know? Yeah, um, but, like, but, it like, but, like, to me, that's, I, I get, like, I kind of agree with what Quentin said on that point, it's like, I have sympathy for how she reacts, and I'm sorry I offended you on that ground, because it's like personal yeah. to you but it's like the whole argument about it is just like nothing you yeah, know it's just like right. what do you want to do what do yeah. you want to make happen what is the problem there's yeah. like no problem she got offended i'm sorry well yeah well yeah i agree with that but and then but his reasoning is fucking crazy and you're yeah. like okay now you just sound like a dickhead because yeah. now you're just like but then that's not a problem with the movie. That's a problem with no, Quentin. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Like yeah. The and that's what I great. think. Yeah. And I think that I think I agree with you on that point where it's just like, okay, yeah, sure. I think I think you've convinced me about a factor of like a question of like a, 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 a negative and unfortunate quality of a, a, an artist who makes these movies I still adore. Yeah, but right. like I still feel like the that's the thing that I that I, we're on agreement upon. It's just like, why does this affect the movie at all? Just like shit on Quentin, you know, like yeah, right. send it his way. Like, yeah. don't like like leave the movie alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, that, that was pretty interesting podcast you know i've heard a lot of those stories he's done so many interviews and yeah podcasts, yeah yeah but um but yeah it's cool like you know he's he's, he's an interesting guy so yeah he's, he's a weirdo he for sure movies, definitely check it out check out any like kind of long form interview that he does because it's, it's remarkable how many like his encyclopedia he is about yeah film. it's kind of weird yeah, uh, yeah. Like, is this all you do? This, yeah. Is this, is this walk I, I, and like, I think it is. Yeah, it sounds like it is. You know, it's it was also it's really interesting. Like the Joe Rogan is a really interesting podcast for like um, giving a platform for having these people who have shaped culture as we know oh, it yeah. and putting them on a platform just to like hear them talk as humans is right. just a really fascinating experience. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, what if we could just like have coffee with Nelson Mandela or something like uh, that, you know, or George Washington, bizarre. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what's well, like, that's George Washington is well, probably a pretty questionable fella. Well, <laughs> he owns slaves. Can you imagine a question? Imagine a, qu imagine a conversation with that George Washington. George Washington, any president up until like Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. 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 We all have slaves, man. Yeah, that'd be a wild, a wild conversation. So, what are these black people doing walking around? Well, uh, that's George. why I keep saying, like, I think George. that, like, I think politicians should do more podcasts. Not just random, yeah. but like any podcast where they, yeah. where they, where you can actually hear these people as human beings, and not yeah. just like sound bites, you know, and like policies. It's like we should be voting on is this guy a good person? Like, yeah, you know. It, a three-hour conversation, it's hard to front. It's hard to put on a front for three hours 
with yeah. no edits and no nothing. You know, you really show who you are. You know. Yeah, you know, this is a, that's a really interesting. That makes me think of a really interesting situation because if we like get in a situation where, which I think we're going in that that direction, where we were talking about this with like the the potential of the internet, where you can where people get connected based on passion passion based things, but we oh, have yeah. a lot of a lot of people who are kind of assholes or are extreme assholes like Harvey Weinstein or monsters like Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. and it's like, but they are still participants in like these groundbreaking revolutions of like art making so it'd be interesting to see oh, i mean Harvey that's how culture is one of the greatest producers of all time and it's interesting to think about like what's going to happen to our culture if we can weed out people like that you know like yeah. are we is our gen is the general like niceness of society well, going to rise like i, I don't mean, know that's that's a really interesting probably, thing I mean, yeah i mean that's a whole question about like cancel culture right <laughs> or it's like the idea um, trying to get rid of every negative thing <laughs> in the yeah. world that anybody said, you know, you're not allowed but to like, say anything. But here's the here's, okay. version of that. But here's the question, actually, that I think I'm thinking about. It's like, is it worth, and I think the answer is yes, I think it is worth it, to sacrifice a few masterpieces to make it that the general, like, goodness of people is higher? 100%. That's kind of a that's 1, an interesting thing. You can yeah. make a masterpiece without being a dickhead. Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. yeah, man. Yeah, that's the point of our. That's like our gender, but that's like that's revolutionary for our time period. You see, like, like, see what I mean? Also, a level of extreme uh, versions of that. Um, yeah, that are very scary. Um, yeah, that are very like you can't say anything, and if you say, right. you make a joke about. A gay guy, yeah. They can joke about a black guy, or yeah. Anything, you know, it, it, it's it's a good like the mentality of it. You're right, is is there and it's good. You know, the idea of like people who are committing crimes and getting away with it should not be working in the film industry or any or working. People they should yeah. be in prison. You know, they yeah. should be yeah. locked away as but, criminals. You know, Rightfully. it gets hairy when you talk about people who maybe made a bad joke, you know, in the past, 10 right. years ago. Or, right, right. You know, that's, uh, like, there, I forget who said it, but there's a great uh, quote that I, I think Chappelle said it. I, I don't want to, I think so. Yeah. I can't remember, but he basically was asked, somebody was asked, like, and it's this stuff with me hard. Where it said something to the extent of, um, do you regret things that you've said in the past? And he said to the extent of like, listen, like I'd rather be like a like a different person, you know, than the same person for my whole life. You know, yeah. you want to change, you want to evolve, you know, and like so. I, I, I like giving people chances. Like, if you're, like, if you said, like, when Twitter just started, people were saying wild shit, crazy shit, because they yeah. didn't know what to do. They, they were, like, making these crazy jokes, you know, on Twitter. And, but you change. You re- the world changes so rapidly. And, 
Like, you could say retard 10 years ago. You could. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, you right. Can't. You can't say it anymore. Yeah. Um, you could say faggot 10 years ago. You could. Yeah. You actually yeah. could. Yeah, normal um, conversation. Now you can't. The world changes so fast. And because people just... That's just how our society works. Like, it's just... We need things... We just... It's interesting. Language and stuff like that is so fascinating. But yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I I think what you're kind of talking about is like this problem of trying to create these uh, these inner qualities of having like a sense of like what's good, which is a difficult thing because it's not always a, it's not an objective quality to know what's no, good and no being a good person. Perfect. No, but like, but there's also like, the problem with this cancel culture thing that it's like. It's 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 on the verge of oppressive censorship too, you know, and it's 100%. like, and that's like that's yeah. that's no, not, not good. It's that's not bad. On the verge of it, it, it is. is. It's yeah, already, it is. We have these fucking crazy situations that have already happened, like the Kevin Hart situation, which I still think is one of the most bizarre things that has ever happened in like the entertainment industry. It is one of the craziest things you know yeah i you mean never, the, that's the oscar situation yeah, I right i will never yeah. forget that never it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen um it's like everybody is so scared to say anything you know yeah and that's why i love like it's so funny because like i just think about how big like comedy po- podcasting is now like lion and rogan and all yeah. these things they're fucking huge you know why because yeah. people want to hear things they want to hear crazy shit you know yeah. it's all about intent and there's only what we're talking about is such a small percentage of people like some people might get mad at Segura for saying a crazy joke but guess what he also just sold out a giant theater tour across the whole fucking country you know right. like what like it's just the internet makes things so much louder than they actually right. are right know? and so like maybe this social culture thing really isn't real you know it's only real in some when it, it, it actually is real when like you're a pedophile you're a rapist you're you're you know what i mean yeah so I mean, it's interesting but, because, like, the the effect is like, um, because it's it's really what it's worrying about is how you will be accepted in the broader public and yeah. like getting getting more clout or getting more progression. But there's always been people who have been dramatic like punk music or underground Dude, like art and stuff yeah. it's always against you can always just do what you want and not do, care like, what people do say do people not understand like that this conversation makes me so fucking like you're so right it makes me so crazy yeah like, i would consider myself more on the left you know but people that are so far on the left they, they are crazy people like the idea yeah. that like some of the biggest artists in the world and artists or or like they, they go against the norm they go against like pop music was massive it was yeah so yeah. fucking big like it became pop music at one time like yeah. nirvana was pop music so yeah. many people now that wear nirvana shirts 
they're, they're making me laugh because like, I don't listen to pop music. You have a yeah. fucking nerd line for like, Nirvana is pop to the fucking max, bro. Like, yeah. dude, yeah. they're one of, they were one of the biggest bands in the 90s. Like, yeah. Like, people love that stuff. People, we are attracted to people who are willing to go, to have the balls and the cojones to say, fuck this world that we live in. This is all fucked up. I'm going to make music about it and have, I'm going to put my, fucking fox out there and yeah everybody fucking agrees you yeah. know nirvana was huge you know yeah All yeah pop music was huge the class was huge raising up from the scene which is yeah. literally a group that literally was talking about so many different political issues at the time were massive you know yeah like yeah. kage west is someone who is so against the norm and so just rebellious he is maybe considered one of the best artists of, of, of our time, you know? Yeah. And that's like, you can dislike it or you're, I'm right, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. Just, like, history has told us that that is correct, you know? Yeah. I just don't want, like, all this cancel culture and all that shit to, to, to stop people like that. Yeah. Like, to well, take risks and shit, you know? Well, well, what it will stop is it will stop the people who are normies you know people yeah. who are too scared to do anything anyways and the people who they already don't care st- yeah, they already exactly. don't care yeah, right. but yeah, um, right, right. I, I mean the thing that also that i think is in defense of maybe not cancel culture but maybe the me too movement at the beginning is that the beginning of this shit before it's kind of turned into more of the the nitpicky variety that we see nowadays it did change the world oh, yeah. right it totally changed yeah. the world yeah. like we we live oh, in a yeah. different and so it's like it's it was an important part of our history to have that moment and we're just gonna have to figure out what the next evolution is after that because it's like we just like like this i don't know um we'll just have to see man because it's like we don't want to silence people we don't want to silence good art i i honestly got like i think this conversation is just like i think it will never stop i think there are people yeah i mean i think like this is just like an annoying shit you know it's just like an annoying thing that like the internet kind of like deals with you know where like tyler the creator on his newest album has a great song about this very thing called yeah manifesto where it's just basically about how he feels about cancel culture and how weird it is for like this iconic person to navigate these things you don't know what to say you don't know how to say it you don't know what to support it's it's this weird tiptoe effect yeah. where you don't want to get canceled but if you look at the game it's basically like fuck i fuck you guys i'm gonna do yeah. whatever i want to do you know and it's it's also i'm a I good just, person i'm not i'm not gonna you know what i mean like and it's all about believing in yourself you know in the yeah. attempt you know and i i'm i found that the most success i found in my life which i think you'll agree with me is just to be authentic to myself too and like yeah. living in a culture like that is it's well in like this is really weird because you're thinking about performing in the right way and it's just like i'm not performing i don't want to live my life trying to perform something accurately i just want to exist as me and that can be like a really that's a really weird thing when you try to think about that in terms of um i don't know being politically correct and stuff you know and all that it's really fascinating to like 
you go to college and you just meet people. It's really fascinating to see, like, how many people, like, do feel like that they are putting on a performance, you know, some performing aspect. To, and I think everybody is to some extent to some, you know, at least when you're social situations, especially when you're young, you know. Between the ages of 18 and 21, you have you are because right. you don't know who you are exactly. yet. Um, and so, but it's interesting because you totally see through it, you know. And yeah. it's like it's, it's rooted in this like um, I don't I what this what you should what you should say, you know. And like in some situations, you probably should say the thing that we should say, but in those situations, I find it just be authentic and just say what you think, because yeah. you're just going to feel better, you know? You're just going to feel better, like, after yeah. that interaction with that person. Like, I've just been a lot more, like, if somebody said, like, oh, I don't want to talk about this, but <laughs> recently, <laughs> I had a, I was hanging out with some friends of mine, uh-huh. and... A friend that I hadn't seen in a long time said something really wild. Yeah. That maybe 10 years ago, I maybe would have just brushed it off and then annoyed me in the sleep and I wouldn't have slept that night because I yeah. didn't. Now, I, 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 zero fucks given. When yeah. somebody says something that is just out of line or absolutely insane, I will say something. I will yeah. confront them and I will say something because I just want to feel better. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, being afraid of, like, I'm not afraid of confrontation when I know that I can defend myself. And that yeah. What you're saying is absolutely insane, you know? Um, but I, I just feel better when I do that, you know? Yeah. Most, you don't I, have to, I don't do that. You don't have to. Most people are nice. Most people are easy to deal with. You don't have to do that but yeah and i mean it's interesting because when we have when you're put in a situation like that american society has put you has has created a mindset in in it in their in its citizens that you're in comp you you need to go into combat where like i feel like what it is is it's just like like whoa that's not what my worldview is where the fuck are you coming from and then you check yeah. and see it's just like am i wrong or are you fucking like a fuck? And like most of the times you get enough experience to like sometimes like in this situation, I learned something when you were talking about Bruce Lee. I had an opinion I made about Quentin Tarantino. I didn't do research, but then you added to my perspective yeah, of saying, right. oh, I didn't know that. And I right. added to myself. Right. But like and, and and but in a different situation, that's how you, know, you talk to people. Yeah. But in, in a different situation, you go against like someone who like call someone like a uh i don't know something offensive a slur or something right. and be like why did you do that yeah, and hopefully right. you can like either you know just like get them out of your life feel better because you stood up for your values yeah. you feel more yourself you've you've helped yeah. out a, a, a fellow person who's been slurred yeah. you know or I, and maybe you change the mindset of that person i'm kind of like even like now though i like when I talk, I mean, I'm talking so many different types of people, especially working on this film, there are so many different types of opinions and political yeah, views right. or whatever. You know, I'm trying to just kind of, like, have conversations with people and not really, like, yeah. judge them in a way. Because they I are think people, that's great. That's just, great. I just want to, like, learn things. I'm just curious about different perspectives, and I don't want to, like, bring up my own 
or like I, I do, but like not the. I think when I was younger, it was definitely more like if somebody didn't like a movie that I absolutely loved for back to film, if somebody didn't <laughs> like a movie that I like or something or that I loved, I would get really like defensive about it. Yeah. And, but now I'm at this point where I just am like more honestly, I I I I'm excited for that. Like I'd yeah. rather hear somebody it's a more interesting conversation. It's a way more uh, yeah. interesting conversation yeah, than, yeah. than like yeah, that movie's fucking dope. Like, I would be more interested in talking to somebody and be like, The Shining is shit. And I'll be like, it's like huh? What? what? Why? <laughs> tell me why, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, I like shit like that. It's like, you're, I like those people. You're going against the norm of, of something yeah. that is, well, is considered great, but you obviously feel strongly that this is garbage. I would love to hear it. And sometimes you hear their... Response and you're like, okay, you're just doing this because I'll I'll move on, yeah. Yeah, uh, but sometimes you're like, wow, like you, that's interesting that you, you genuinely yeah. have a, a opinion of why this is bad, you know? Yeah, that's but, that's so awesome. I'm not, I I don't like to, I just like to talk to people because people are there's so many different perspectives, so many different backgrounds. People are different than everyone is different in some type of way, you know. And so like. I don't know. It's interesting to just hear different perspectives, I think. Um, and it adds yeah. to your own experience, what you're saying. It adds to your own argument or your own... Because, you know. because uh, to a certain degree, you kind of can shoot yourself in the foot. Because if you're defensive about your own personality, you harden yourself. You know, if you're too exactly. protective of your values, then you'll you'll unintentionally cause yourself to never grow you know yeah. you won't challenge your inner stuff you'll just say what you're saying is wrong it doesn't fit what i believe but if you say like if you do what you're talking about which i'm i'm all about that man i think that's great that's super sick and it's like it's well, not easy to do that, that either. I just like well that's also something that i just like have learned yeah you know through like, living like well that's the thing it's like even talking to people now it's like especially younger people, you know, it's like, like, you try to, like, I don't know, I when I was young, I, I, you just have to, like, people are, you just have to live life and just talk to people and just kind of be observant of, like, when you know yourself and, like, what, you are more willing to, like, analyze yourself in some way, like, when you got out of a situation, you're like, oh, how do I deal with that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And that's hard for people, you know? But yeah. I think that is, like, the healthiest thing you can do for yourself, just try to better yourself every day. You know, if you have some problem that you have, just try to fucking fix it. You know, I feel like that's all you could do. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like college was the time where I learned that I needed to do shit like that, and then post college has been the time where I've really put the practice in to figure out how yeah. to realize how to do that in a way that's authentic. Yeah, but that's a really that's a really important part of like becoming an adult and just living life is I think what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, and a lot of people miss that. That's the thing that's sad about our society and just like the world in general is that like people just kind of stop at high school a lot of time. It's just like, how yeah. did you survive this long? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. do you want to talk about, do you want to talk about fear and loathing now? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Um, so I took this movie and I got seen a movie in a while <laughs> and <laughs> i kind of wanted to like watch something that was just like fucking bonkers 
and something that I hadn't yep. seen in a long time. And this is uh, here alone in Las Vegas, which stars Johnny Depp and Benicio Gattacono and Tony McGuire in a hilarious role. Funniest role ever. And it's directed by Terry Gilliam, who's known for Brazil, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, um, Holy Sin, I'm blanking so hard with this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, the Fisher King, which is an amazing movie. He's made great, a lot of great movies. Great weird movies. Great weird movies. Um, and most notably, this is an adaptation of Hunter S. Thompson's book of the same name. Yep. Which I have not read, but I need to. Um, and Hunter S. Thompson is a iconic journalist who who was known for something called Gonzo Journalism, which I, Gonzo Journalism is one of those things that I think I know what it like means, but I'm not. It's one of those things where like I've read the definition a couple of times and I know the okay. definition, but I haven't I haven't read Gonzo Journalism, so I don't know it. So the Gonzo Journal here's the definition that comes out. Gonzo Journalism is a style of journalism that features the author at as its protagonist, simultaneously experiencing and reporting on a story from a first-person point of view. Yeah. Gonzo journalism stories are often presented through the lens of social and self-critique, and usually concern little rewriting or editing. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson was basically, uh, I'm pretty sure he, like, uh, coined it. Um, yeah. He wound up being the guy who really started that. Yeah, 100%. And what, uh, what uh, uh, Las Vegas is that, plain and simply, he just did a bunch of drugs yeah. and went to Las Vegas. Yeah. And, and would write, you know, as he was there over the course of, I don't really know how long he was there. Like a day it's or something. Of, Multiple I days. I think it's a few days. A yeah, few, yeah, a few days. like a week or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, with his, I don't know, with his attorney. Yeah. <laughs> attorney. Who, I, who I think is based and, on a real person, like a real friend yes, of his. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's cool about Hunter Fox is that it's, these are true stories. You know, he would write these experiences almost the day he experienced them or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Hunter Fox was, especially this, in this movie, my understanding, like, there is something so beautiful and, like, amazing about, like, what he does, where he would get, like, just doing this experience, he, like, wrote so many interesting things about the people in Las Vegas or how, you know, uh, just what Las Vegas represents and, like, all these things. He would write these really interesting things and that's what this movie is is based on it's based on his experiences in las vegas that is based on this book yeah uh, which is basically the same thing yeah you know? and it, um, and it's a it's a it's a fictional narrative that he he sort of interjected that's like that's structured around these real events that he had but he in, he inserts these fictional characters to play himself yeah, and yeah, his right. attorney friend yeah, and right. he has the liberty of doing whatever he wants around all of these real things that happened to him yeah right 
And this song, this movie is based on that. And this movie is super iconic. Yeah. Um, I would definitely think that this is um, one of the more iconic Johnny Depp performances. Yeah. Um, and Johnny Depp is... He's so fucking good at this movie. Yeah, he's <laughs> bonkers in this movie. One of the, the things that... You know, it's sad to see what Johnny Depp is turned into now. But... Because he's an amazing actor. Yeah. You know, the, the things that he was doing in the 90s were incredible. Um, he, he was, he's an amazing actor. He still is an amazing actor. Uh, he's just a little bonker. Yeah, yeah. Um, bad, bad, bad bonkers, not good yeah. bonkers. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so he basically, so Johnny Depp basically plays Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. And, which did you know that? Yeah. Uh, did you know Johnny Depp and Hunter S. Thompson had a very personal relationship? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, famously, famously, they were very good friends. Yeah. Very, uh, very good friends. Super and good friends. Another interesting thing is that Johnny Depp also played Hunter S. Thompson in another adaptation of a Hunter S. Thompson book called The Rug Diary, that came out years later. I want to say like 2011. I have a copy of that book something. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it a few so times. So they laid out adaptation of that, and Johnny Depp stars in that. It was pretty funny. She's basically played Hunter S. Thompson twice in a movie. That's interesting. Which is, which is funny. Yeah. Um, and this movie is absolutely bananas. It's it's bonkers. It's it's known for being one of the cra- like craziest movies about kind of drug fueled adventures you know there's been yeah. a lot of movies like this you know but this one is to me like the, the best one um like because this movie is so influential like after this movie came out it seems like the visual style especially of like these movies like this like whenever someone would get high or have some high adventure yeah, yeah, yeah. it almost feels like fair logan because yeah i think terry gilliam captured not that i've been on drugs or anything uh-huh. <laughs> but i think what terry gilliam did with this movie is he really captures what it's like to be on these drugs especially lsd um, one of the one of the my favorite things about this movie, it, probably my favorite thing is the visual aspect of this film. This movie looks amazing. It is shot with this amazing frenetic energy that I that this movie only could really give me. Yeah. Um, this crazy, this bizarre art style that I fucking just I love the art style of this movie. It is so. It's, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it feels like, you know, he, he shot this movie like, like from the perspective of Hunter S. from the main character who's on drugs for the entire portion of the film. Yeah. And there's so many weird, little, odd things that, details in the backgrounds of these sets and, like, all these things that just add to this psychedelic experience that you're watching you yeah know? 
it really does feel like a psychedelic experience. Like I, I, a nightmare one, a nightmarish one. Yeah, but, and I think I think the other factor about why, in addition to being so good at in its accuracy of the emotions behind it, he it's a really incredible adaptation of the feeling of it. It feels yes, like a really yeah, I, exactly. That, that's, yeah, exactly. And it's it's hard it's hard to say for certain. Like comment on this, not reading the book. But like yeah. what I've known about Hunter S. Thompson and stuff is that it's like, I, I think it does a really excellent job of not just it, of accurately presenting the personal experience of what it was like in a visual yes. form, you know, yeah, and taking yeah, right. and taking those words and and because one of the things I really liked about this movie is that usually when you watch a Terry Gilliam movie, it's like, well, that's Terry Gilliam, and this movie mm-hmm. is that. But it's more so like, well, that's Hunter S. Thompson, you know, like you're looking yeah. at that. And I think Terry Gilliam did a really good job as an adapter because he's just like, I'm going to interpret Hunter S. Thompson and present yeah. his story through my style. And that's yeah, like, it's, it's yeah. so well done yeah, in that it's way. It's definitely like not like, like one of her movies, period, Brazil. Where yeah. that, when you see that movie, it's, it is very Gilliam. Yeah. Like, you know, it is so bizarre. But this movie... It does feel like it's restrained a little bit, where yeah. which is funny, got, <laughs> but yeah, you're right, right. right. It, it, it doesn't feel like he's doing these crazy, the craziest visual things that he possibly he maybe could have done, yeah. you know. Um, it, it feels grounded in that way, but I think, like, well, basically, I don't even know how to describe what this movie is really about. I mean, it's basically, it's just. Hunter S. Thompson and his lawyer um, are going to Las Vegas with all this this, tr- this trunk filled with drugs. Yeah. Um, cocaine, LSD, mescaline. Yeah. Um, what e- else is it? Ether. Like ether. Ether. What well, I don't even know that is. I think that's like um, a, a noble gas yeah. that you can huff or something. Is yeah. Really... Is that the gas they're huffing? Yeah. In, in, in yeah. America. Yeah. Um, and I think they were going there. They were gonna. They, Hunter S. Thompson but, had a had a job to. Uh, well, Raoul Duke is the name of the character in the movie. Duke had a job well, to cover a. It? Yeah, yeah. Johnny Depp's character's name is Raoul Duke. Okay, but uh, I feel like I thought that was his alias. I thought he because he is referred. There's a moment in this movie where he's referred to as Mister Thompson. Yeah, where he gets um, like a telegram or something. Yeah. So it might be Raul Duke might be the, the fictional name because you know they go and they check in with different names and they yeah you know, it might be his alias. Well, I think um, I think movie. I think that the characters in the film are named that, but there's this yeah. meta blending where it's like obviously yeah. Thompson, but right. it's it's yeah. in the character. I think it is Raul Duke the character okay, and okay. and dr gonzo the character yeah, in the right, film yeah. um, but they're they're trying to cover a uh a, a motorcycle race i think that's why they went to las oh, vegas in the first place yeah they went to okay. cover a motorcycle race and then to cover then, that yeah. that narcotic drug thing but okay, in between yeah, yeah. they did so they, he, <laughs> go ahead <laughs> So he was just a journalist yeah. that was getting he wants to get these stories these yeah. bizarre stories you yeah know? But it turns into a nightmare uh, because <laughs> they, they're 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 psychos, like they're fucking crazy people, and yeah. they just did as many drugs as they possibly can. And the only way I can describe this is just it's just a series of 
psychedelic misadventures with Hunter S. Thompson, like, another thing I hear about this movie is the narration. I usually don't yeah. like narration, you know, that much, but the way that it is portrayed in this film, I thought, is brilliant. Um, because it, you really get uh, Duke's, like, inner monologue throughout these kind of yeah. experiences, and it it feels like it, it's funny knowing that this is Hunter has Thompson like based on the book because it's almost like you could hear him almost like writing the book you know in a way yeah with these, like, yeah narration, yeah and we're watching yeah. these experiences again the narration is him writing the book you know it might be it might be straight from the book I, I don't know it might, yeah, it might I... literally be like word for word i mean i, I don't know but I, I don't know either i would like to know like more that. about that and i i agree that was one of the things that i was so enthralled by was just like this uh and i really liked how they played with the this is very terry, terry gilliam how he messes with sound design experiments with those types of things <laughs> yeah. because they did like a lot of weird adr on it too yeah, that was weird. like yeah. that added to which i don't think was out of like bad technical execution oh, obviously not. not because of like yeah. how exquisitely made the film is but it yeah. was like they added in like this uh well, it's also a universal film yeah you know? yeah and it, it just it's just this it's the, like the way that the the narration is like it's not the same kind of uh non-diegetic narration or like like and the in the future kind of narration yeah. it's very much like all existing in the same place like the narration is happening yeah. at the same time of the events yeah. even it's if it's just great. there's so many great moments like there's this fucking like the beginning of this movie is so it's so iconic i can't even like <laughs> it is so fucking good yeah um and there's this great moment where they pick up Tony wire and when that. the first narration happens like he is like Am I talking? Was I talking this whole time? Yeah. Was I? You know, and it's like, it was turning this narration of like what you're saying. It's like this bizarre. And there's a moment when he's narrating, he's moving his mouth. Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah, talking yeah. to himself. Yeah. There's this really bizarre um, blending of that where, like, I haven't quite really seen anything like that. Yeah. But, but it, it adds to this drug fueled experience. You know, it adds to. Not, hey, I'm not speaking from experience, but there's that's what it's like. Yeah. You know, you're on you're on drugs. Like yeah. you feel like you're, especially LSD or or something like that, where your inner monologue feels so loud. And yeah. It feels like that. Am I am I saying this out loud? Yeah. Like, can anyone hear me? You know. So I love that. Like that yeah. is so. Then I think that's like that's like one of the things that I love so much about Terry Gilliam's directing that I think is so well executed in this movie is that he has this knowledge and capacity for uh like um like movie making where he takes this method of creation and uh, that is really avant-garde and presents it in yeah. a really palpable and digestible way. So it's like, that's what, yeah. like, cause fear and loathing is so fun to watch, but it's like, so it's like, it's, it's an abstract fun. art piece too. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, it's really cool that it works. This was a this should be added to the list of when this movie came out, this was horribly reviewed. Yeah, this it's was, like, um, yeah. 
bombed. This is like a like a critical. Yeah, it was, it, no one liked it when it came out, but now it has garnered this huge cult following. And Johnny Depp's look in this movie is beyond iconic. I couldn't even like express like. Yeah. There, there's a great moment in Rango where they, <laughs> where they, where they reference this movie. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, right. It's, it's, this movie's super iconic, and you know it just says like it, we've had this conversation many times that if a movie is great, it will stand the test of time. Like people will find it. You yeah. Know? And this movie clearly is great. It's influenced so many things. It's uh iconic people love this movie you know i i you know there's a certain type of person that you if you meet and they like movies there's just if you talk to them you're like hey do you like fear logan you go yeah yeah totally I like fear logan yeah you know, there's a certain type <laughs> of person that that really likes this movie but i think this movie is really entertaining you yeah know, it's really funny but it's really Nightmarish in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, there's 100%. some really disturbing imagery in this movie, um, and especially with Benicio del Toro, who is maybe more bonkers than Johnny Depp. In this right. Movie. He is insane in this movie. Yeah. And that character Gonzo is a fucking. He's a psycho. Yeah, he's, a psychopath. he's completely unethical. Like, has he's no ethics at all. Unhinged. Yeah, unhinged. And the way that their interactions are 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 so good. Like, they're so they're so crazy, manic, and so bizarre. Like, yeah, their chemistry with one another is unlike any anything I've ever seen. I know. I'm being completely honest. There's. There, the, the dynamic of these two characters is so unique to this movie yeah. that I can see why critics maybe didn't like this when this came out because this is so radical and weird and unlike anything that has ever been made, yeah. you know, like <laughs> at, at, at this time. Yeah. And Hunter S. Thompson is such a unique... And this movie also throws so many things at you yeah. that you might not be able to catch everything when you first see it because it's just such a complete whirlwind yeah i mean it's one Um, of those things it's one of those things where it's like people people who are watching it this is this is one of the things that like uh i feel like quentin tarantino was talking about like in the change in the 90s when he was discussing the fact of like people like the the narrative the big shift about like just like fixing the problematic guy and like and changing it to be like that this is one of those movies that's like if you if you kind of don't have a lot of experience watching films and you're used to a film that sort of is telling you a story, this is a film that is <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it can be really frustrating to watch because you get to the end of it and it's just like what happened? Like what was there's I supposed to of, get out of that? There's a lot of reviews that called it like you know pointless and yeah, totally and stuff like that. And I get it, but at the same time, like I think they're completely missing the point. I agree. Ironically, ironically, I agree. Um, and like I think that I think. What this is to me is this just beautiful observational piece through the eyes of basically a fucking crazy yeah. drug fueled psychopath. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, he's saying really interesting and beautiful things. Like there's this great moment where he's coming down off of he's never not on drugs, but he's not that high. Yeah. And he's <laughs> on 
he's in, they're in like kind of a shitty casino and he's walking around and he's observing all these people who are, who are these older people that oh, are yeah. still chasing the American dream. They're still, you know, he's basically deconstructing the idea of a casino and how kind of interesting it is that people go and literally, you know, give their hard-earned money to possibly win more. And it's this, it's this whole business and this whole place that is, you know, built their business off of off of people just wanting more you know yeah and yeah the way I, that he observes that is so it, it's why hunter Foxx is iconic you know and i i, and I, I think I, they capture that really well i do too and i i love i love in i, I just am so impressed with how perfect or like just tickled by how perfect uh, terry gilliam <laughs> was as a director to cool. like beyond this he was like the perfect pick for this because oh, yeah. like the oh, genius yeah. of uh hunter s thompson's like writing is how he kind of uses like he he takes real life hyper realistic observational things and makes these totally fictional metaphors like bat country just like this weird yeah. shit that he just throws in there that's just right. like so astonishingly true which i yeah. find is like exactly how i feel about terry gilliam's movies it's just like yeah, right. it's just like here's this fact here's this like weird monkey doing a dance and somehow yeah. it correlates in this really meaningful way it's like well, I love wow the monkey scene. i love the monkey scene. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many, like, funny, like, when people turn into animals, like, there's this great, uh, when, when, uh, Duke takes LSD for the first time. Oh, yeah. They arrive at the, the hotel. Yeah. At the hotel. Dude, holy shit, that, that scene is so funny. But it's also very, like, real. Like, dude, I, I got kind of triggered when I saw, <laughs> I don't know how they did this, but when they... When the carpet starts moving. Yeah, that was I, so that, cool. That was, that was a perfect yeah. representation of what it's like to be on, on something else. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen something like that. Like, up until this point. Like, I don't know how they did that. Like, I don't know either. Amazing visual effects. Yeah, but, for, for like, it is, it, that, that, if you want to know what it's like to take LSD or shrimps. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like a good scene. Like that scene when he first comes in is like the point where I was kind of like, <laughs> the scene where they're driving across the desert is so awesome. But it was like the scene where I was testing to see is this great or is this unbelievably like campy and dumb? Mm -hmm. And it was by the point that I was at the elevator, like when we were in the hotel, that I was like, this is genius because, yeah. like Johnny Depp is literally he's, a cartoon he's literally he's a cartoon and he's, he's so awesome because i yeah. love like when he goes up to the office and he's like having this monologue it's just like it's okay just go up there say i need a room my name's yeah. ral and he goes up yeah. and he's like hi <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. it's like it's yeah. so good and i also like how his, his movement how he moves i love how that he, like i love it <laughs> i love how they add in like these costumes. these this sound design when he's moving where he's just going like he like the way he talks is so like so amazing like he like mumbles basically throughout yeah. this whole movie. entire movie yeah. and it's not and it's not like it's not like one of those uh like <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's, it's like it's not like one of those uh like sometimes when you have things like that especially trying to do a famous person it's like the actors trying too hard to like like just do a good impression and it's just like like stupid or yeah. something like that <laughs> yeah. uh but it's like he he it's it's so it's just really it's just really good it's just really yeah. good i really I like it costumes, I love, yeah like, all the things wear. yeah which yeah um, which i i in the wikipedia i think uh, it's allegedly that was hunter s thompson's a lot of that was his clothes oh, too oh yeah which I, he looks like that in photos like it looks like he's, it. he's from wearing that did you catch the, the Hunter S. in this movie? Yeah, I saw that scene was awesome. That's a great moment. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's one of the funniest scenes, too, because yeah. that was a scene where he was on acid or on some kind of drugs. Yeah. He's talking about the 60s. Yeah. He goes in the bathroom, and he spills, like, the, the, oh the LSD on his hands, and yeah. the, that guy comes in while <laughs> the hippie's licking it off his the shirt. Yeah. If, if with any luck, I'll ruin that man's life forever. Yeah, well, I love it. Yeah, it's like this guy comes in and is like, I think I ruined that man's life because every time he walks into a bathroom, he's going to see a, 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 <laughs> a final wearing gown. It's like so good. Oh my god. Um, and yeah, so like Hunter S. Hawks like appears in that scene. Yeah, yeah. And like when he's like, oh, oh, is that, is that me? Yeah, yeah. There's so yeah. many yeah. Like, great, there's a lot of scenes like that where like he just gets done with like a uh, like a acid bins or whatever and he like sees himself in like in the scene or he like recounts yeah like, what just happened the night before or there's so many great like um like moments where the film will just basically like spiral completely out of control and then it will like just snap and like the room is like filled with water and, yeah and like, so, yeah like the way that like the film like like they'll they'll do this like crazy high escapade and we won't really see it and then but like he'll start narrating and like piece together like what happened oh my god that was such a cool scene when he was doing that that was so cool it's really bizarre and really like striking and it's weird like it's just weird yeah um it's 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 like it's like one of those types of films that i feel like like comparing it to painting it's like one of those films that's like those abstract paintings that doesn't really have a clear subject, but just has this like fantastic textures and colors that yeah. you can't take all in all at once as a whole piece. You have to look at like yeah. each corner as a time. It's just like it's just littered with these brilliant subtle subtleties that are just so yeah. cool and, and yeah. engaging and, and, and beautiful and scary. Yeah. Yeah, super scary. <laughs> <laughs> like Gonzo's character is so He's so confusing. Yeah. Um, um, but in the, in the great, in the perfect way, I think, because he's so, when he's not on drugs, he's so mild mannered and he's so, um, like, like collected, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then when he gets on drugs, it's like, holy, holy shit. <laughs> like, he's going to kill somebody. Yeah. He's going to kill somebody or kill himself. And Hunter and Johnny Gus character, like, being scared of him and being like trying to like put him together is just so entertaining. Like I love when they're at the <laughs> carnival, carnival when he's like yeah. the carnival casino and he's trying to get off the merry-go-round. Yeah, 
That's so funny. Or so I was, cool. I was, I was, I was uh, the scene where they're in the hotel and he chases it back into the into the bathroom with the microphone, like the, yeah, the yeah. megaphone. Get back in there. Get back in there. <laughs> Don't come out. I want to peek yeah. at the at the <laughs> highest octave of white bunny. Throw <laughs> throw the toaster <laughs> in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh my it's god. So crazy weird um but another thing that's really weird and i don't know if this quite works in the movie i feel like in the book it might be like more uh -huh. impactful but there's some really interesting war imagery in this movie oh interesting and, yeah um yeah like related that a, to was, like, it, was that the beginning yeah, there's like so the yeah, so there's archival footage of the beginning of, yeah. of protests and then there's a bunch of footage throughout the film. Whenever they're basically watching TV, they're watching Oh war right. Footage. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's and then there's also a couple times in the movie where he talks about the the sixties and the and the seventies and basically the response to like the Vietnam War. Right. And things like that. Right. Um I don't know if it was like i don't really get what the point of that was that's a like, good point yeah in, in the movie um but i feel like i mean he might be making a point about i don't know just like just how america has changed like since the, the vietnam war yeah but like i i didn't really get that um with the film um just didn't really translate very well to me, but like in the book, it might be like it must be in the book because yeah. they wouldn't, you know. Um, so it's probably more realized like in the in the book, but yeah, yeah. Uh, in the movie, I felt like it was a little. I don't really get it. Yeah, but it was I, interesting. I, yeah, I I always I saw it more as like a because I I totally forgot about it until you just mentioned it right then. I think the way I interpreted it was more as like a a visual motif you know that sort of made sense yeah. with like the chaos of las vegas oh, sure, being yeah, like yeah, a yeah, like yeah. a battleground and stuff yeah, like sure, that yeah. or the motorbike yeah, yeah, thing yeah. so like yeah, a, a could, visual i think i'm sure though i'm sure that in the book they go more in depth about it because like everything from that time period talks about vietnam oh, like I mean, everything yeah yeah makes sense. um so yeah so that that was an interesting thing about this movie. What else do we talk? Uh, I mean, Toby McGuire. <laughs> He's such this. a... I, I was so caught off guard. He's I didn't know hilarious. he was in this at all. So funny. It might be one of his first roles. Like in 98. Yeah. When, yeah, does, when, does Spider, when did Spider-Man come out? 2002. Wow, that's um, funny. <laughs> yeah. So they saw, they saw him in that. It's like, do you want to be Spider-Man, Toby? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's also in a movie called Pleasantville, which is a really good movie. But yeah. I don't remember when that came out. I feel like that was late 90s, too. So it might be around the same time. Yeah. Um, but, do you, yeah, he's ridiculous. Do you, do you feel like this movie is, like, um, I, I know, like, I, I, I think this movie is going to, I think this movie is kind of in, like, a quiet period in our culture where it's not that talked about. But I feel like... I feel like this is a movie I've always heard about, like mm -hmm. talking about movies and stuff. And after I watched it, it was just like so impactful and cool and awesome. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna have like a like a second moment or something where oh, people yeah. like rediscover this again. I, mean, like, I, I think like people. I mean, I, whenever I go to like a vinyl store or I go to like these cool like hip 
places, they always have, like, Fear and Loathing, like, posters or shirts or, or something. I think people definitely, like, this movie still talk about, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably. I mean, the thing is, like, Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro and Hunter Thompson, I mean, they're icons, you know, yeah. Terry Gilliam, so... I mean, it's definitely going to get rediscovered at some point. Yeah. You know, um, it's, a, it's also funny because it's like, it's it's a drug movie that's about misadventures, but it's also like a buddy hangout film, maybe like at its at yeah. its core, you know? It's just yeah. like it's just like a nightmarish buddy hangout film. I think there's also a lot of movies like this now. Yeah, like, right. There's definitely like a lot of like drug-fueled yeah. like movies, but, but they all come from this, man. Right, like, right. There's, there's not a lot of... Like, definitely not the, uh, maybe in the 70s or something, but definitely not the, like, I can't think of, like, a, a movie this high profile that had people just doing cocaine and fucking, like, I mean, there is so much drug use in this Yeah, movie. it's like, a ridiculous amount of drug use. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of drug use. I mean, it's hard, like, I'm surprised, like, probably back in the day it was hard to get past the MPAA and, yeah. um, um, like, how much drug use they, they were allowed to show. Yeah, I wonder, because this movie... a really weird moment is there's no, like, sexual thing in this. Yeah, it's, no. all, it's all drug use. I don't think there's any nudity at all, even. There's no nudity, no. Which is why, which, a, which is why it got past the rating like, system. There's a couple, like, pornographic imagery. When, oh, like, yeah, yeah. When, like, hangs weird porn magazines on the wall, but it's, yeah. like, not graphic at all. So. yeah. And but, there's the and um, there's only there's only that weird sexual moment where Gonzo was obviously trying to like yeah. ha- rape a girl and right. and they, that didn't happen but like right. it was yeah. it was all that was like implied sexual assault that right. didn't happen right uh, that that one was absolutely fucking wacky yeah as hell because it's like implied but it's so like it's so it's so off. It's so confusing. Yeah, like, it is. This, is that what you're really doing? Or, yeah, yeah. Like, and then the best part about it is that Hunter Thompson, like, or uh, Johnny Depp's character, like, basically convinces him that that's what he was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what, it's such a dark and disturbing scene, but it made me laugh so hard. Cause I, it's just, like, <laughs> going, like, yeah. as dark as he could possibly go and basically freaking out. Gonzo, basically, and, and, and running away from yeah. her and leaving her. And then when they run into her on the street, they're like, oh, fuck, and they, like, drive away. That's and so funny. That's, there's a great little key for they, where they, they run into the hitchhiker, Toby Wire's yeah. character again, <laughs> and they're so scared, and they, like, drive away, and, and they run into the Lucy again, and they are so frightened that they drive back away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. Um, I do, too. But... You know, uh, another scene I think is kind of interesting, which goes to show to me that as we're talking about it, I it was another really weird scene that was just sort of thrown in there. But I'm thinking about like the diner scene that's like where Gonzo is oh, like yeah. they're like sober and it's just like a scary fucking it's like I love that nothing, scene. nothing, nothing like love no it. special effects, just like fucking disturbing. And it like well, I think it really, I think it was so like. Almost important because, like, the narration of that was so great. Where Johnny Depp was talking about, um, Duke was talking about, like, going basically north of Las Vegas, where, like, the outskirts of Las Vegas. Yeah. And it was so nice to just have, like, a, some calm. Because 
Yeah. These characters are at the movie just want silence. Yeah. He, he's just looking for, like... He wants to like sleep his, and uh, write uh, and go uh, away. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is finally the moment that Psycho is with him. So, he, yeah. he, you know, gonna get to have that. Um, so... Like, I thought it was, it was pretty important scene in, in the sense of, like, this guy is just a fucking psycho. Yeah. Like, it, it's not the drugs. Like, yeah. this dude is just fucking crazy. And I think, you know? I think like, that scene to me really communicates how that this 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 film has more is, is deeper than just being an exploitation drug specu yeah. like like yes, um yeah. like like uh what's it called like a spectacle it's not just a drug yeah, spectacle yeah. it really yeah. has more going on underneath it than yeah than like because so. it's i it's like it's it's i don't know because it, it's so poetic it's such a it's so poetic and and yeah. and and in and just awesome <laughs> yeah yeah, it's a really fucking awesome movie. Um, it's it's fucking it's a wild one. I honestly, it's one of those things where like people was like, should I get high and watch this? Yeah. I honestly would say no. Yeah, I would. I <laughs> I wouldn't. This one, uh, this is like you don't need it. Like you will definitely feel high when you watch this. You I know. You don't need to. And it's also very. A nightmare movie. It's not like you're watching like a fun Seth Rogen comedy. It's no, like this is, yeah. This is always like this is a nightmare. Yeah. Definitely a drug deal nightmare. Yeah. Got a lot of fun to be had. Hashtag you bad know? trip, man. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing is just a a bad trip that just won't end. You know. I think it's best to try to do movies that you're really trying to digest to watch them under the influence the second time around but the first time around watch it yeah. watch it I'm like so i'm not saying that this will never be fun yeah you know <laughs> if you're scared, but it'll definitely be you gotta buckle yourself in because it's not yeah not it, a romp because a... because the other weird thing about like this this movie is that it's so like like you're saying it's so nightmarish and also like <laughs> it's it's so disorienting yeah, <laughs> and, and how it's directed. Yeah. It's like like I like throw up. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't know, I, I actually just... I felt dizzy after watching this film. Like I was like yeah. after oh, I yeah. finished watching yeah. it, I was like I was like I'm like dizzy. Yeah. I have to like sit for a second and like figure out what's going on. Yeah, it was definitely like a a part. It was definitely a, a, a intentional. You know. Yeah. The, the visual style. This is so disorienting. For a reason, they're on drugs, baby. Yeah, the whole the whole movie, they're fucked up the whole fucking time. Yeah, it got one, it got one scene <laughs> in the diner. You realize that the camera doesn't move at all. It's oh, like yeah, it is, yeah, right. Uh, like super lock on. It's like the only like lock on shots throughout yeah. the whole film. Most Dude. of this is cracking angles, fucking bizarre. Yeah, that's true. That's really true. I that also just made me remember how like in addition to like the performance and the script and like the execution of the visuals, just the straight up composition of this movie is like yeah. so gorgeous. I just well, thought it's, it's, it's so it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. It's the so gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's beautiful. The every the art correction, every the costumes, the color palette of this film is just, it's iconic. It looks amazing. Yeah. They made Las Vegas look 
dark and seedy, and because that's what it actually is. And, and 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 the other thing <laughs> I find this is another Terry Gilliam genius quality I think about him is how they were able to take this movie that is totally like has no constant structure or through line through it and make everything yeah. feel very consistent like it came from the same palette when there's like yeah. like like every scene is different from the one before it in a dramatic way mm-hmm. and it and it sure. still feels really consistent yeah 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 sure yeah man. it's uh it's excellent excellent definitely uh excellent really interesting film this is definitely probably his most like iconic movie probably like yeah that's the body python probably yeah um but yeah this is a phenomenal movie it's not for everybody you know if you <laughs> it's definitely if you enjoy hunter Thompson, and like if yes. you know what this is and you know what you're getting into i think you'll have a good time um it is super uh fun to watch very like disturbing but very like what we were saying it's very insightful it's not just this you know drug-fueled romp it is very like it's a meditation on a lot of different things and i think Um, the other thing that you might not get that you know you might not get that when you first watch it but yeah and i think and i think the other thing i really I'm excited about with this film is how it's going to be so fun to rewatch many times because once you get the grasp on like sort of the the scary territory that it is the scary uh-huh. and intimidating and craziness of it and you have some like predictability in your sort of knowledge of what the structure of the film is it's just like i just feel like it's like this super fun experience it's so yeah. just like fun and really I, it's like I think it's like more of a comedy than anything else. Oh, it's I, so I think funny. So yeah, it's I think it's so really funny. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely super. Yeah, I I would definitely call it like a dark comedy. A dark comedy. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. Like, well, some people like this because it's scary as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we did. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely both. It's yeah. definitely uh, some of the best. Horror. Some of the best horror movies actually have comedy in them, and some of the best, yeah. like, like I don't know, it's interesting. Co- horror and comedy is an interesting uh, correlation that happens between the two. Yeah, the it's, it's it's funny that they work so well together. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like it shouldn't, but they do. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. We have to say the thing. We have to say the thing. We have to say the thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> what do you? What is this? What would you say this movie is? It's definitely. Thin- Thick and butter, butter approved. Approved. Yes, okay. sir. Now yes, good. ma'am. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, everybody. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. This is episode 99. So that means the next one we do is fucking hundo, baby. Hundo. A hundred episodes. I can't believe Fuck. it. That's um, like that's like so many hours of so podcasting. That's, that's like a hundred. That's a hundred hours. Uh, <laughs> Maybe two hundred hours because we do two hours like two and yeah, a half. Yeah, that's hundred fifty at yeah, least. It's a lot. It's a lot of us talking on the fucking internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we love you. Uh, check this movie out. I don't remember what we really talk about. Cancel culture, Tarantino. Uh, uh, being uh, on a set. Yeah. Making movies. Making movies. Life. General checkup. Uh, yeah, check out. <laughs> uh, we're gonna the episodes are gonna be out again. I'm gonna start making tunes again. 
uh, yeah, releases releases are what well, it's kind of feels I it's probably redundant. We have a hunger like kind of I don't know rebrand a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, maybe we'll um, maybe we'll we'll do it like uh, but we won't. Maybe we'll wear masks like Kanye, like the whole time. Yeah. Let's just wear costumes. Christ yeah, Christ mask. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> just like eye holes and little slivers for the mouth. Yeah, what if we what if we just have like cardboard things in front of the camera and we just like have a hole for our eyes and our mouth? Oh no. That's the whole thing. We just have like Alex written on one side and Jesse written on the cardboard box. Or in like thick no be thick and butter. Would off very quickly. <laughs> I don't know, man. The internet seems stranger shit than that. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> All right, everybody. We love you. Uh, episode 100. Bye-bye. Love you, guys. 100 soon. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>